on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive. The pitch, swing and a fly ball. Center, not deep enough. And this one is over. He got under it. And the Cubs take the finale. Final 6-4, Chicago. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Bolling. Brewers make a little bit of noise in the ninth inning. They score a couple runs. They leave the bases loaded. They can't get that one more hit to at least tie it up. And uh, something they have not done in a really long time, they lose to the Cubs. Final score today, 6-4. They still take two of three in the series, but combine that with a Cardinals victory against the Padres. The magic number remains at three. It is going to take two Brewers victories in this upcoming four-game series against St. Louis to clinch the division. They cannot clinch tomorrow. The soonest they can clinch now is Tuesday, and that's if they win tomorrow and then win again coming up on Tuesday. But if they can pick up, all they got to do is split against St. Louis somehow, some way, at the very least, over the next four games, and that will be enough to win the division. Welcome into the program. I'm Matt Pauley, Craig Kishon from Bally Sports Wisconsin. He is set to join us in uh, just a little while when he wraps up his uh, TV responsibilities. If you would like to join us, you can do so. The phone number, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is how you get in contact with the show. We've got you till 6.30 this evening, so for the next hour or so, we will talk all things Brewers baseball. We'll go back to the game with the highlights. We'll hear from uh, the manager, Craig Council, as well. General takeaways from this game. A rare bullpen letdown, but you got that today. Brad Boxberger, excuse me, Brad Boxberger was not very good. He uh, could not record a single out. He ends up giving up uh, three runs, and, and he just had a, a bit of a tough day today. He has been really, really, really good all season long, and you know you go through you go through tough stretches. I don't know if this is so much a tough stretch for him. However. Uh, you look at some of his outings recently, and he has not quite been as dominant as he had been through uh, much of the season. Uh, but that being said, he's still putting together a, a fantastic season. Uh, in the month of September, though, and it's a small sample size because it's only seven games in the month of September, and he has a game in there where he gave up five runs without recording an out, and then today he gives up three runs without recording an out. So between those two appearances back on September 6th against Philadelphia and this game today, that's that's eight runs without a single out in those outings. So the ERA is going to be elevated. I don't think this is anything to be overly alarmed about at the moment, but his September ERA, it's not good. It is sitting at 17.46. So uh, you you just want to make sure every relief pitcher goes through a period during the uh, during the year where they're not as quite locked in. We saw that with Josh Hader earlier this year. We've seen it. Uh, we saw it with Devin Williams earlier this year. It happens. It's it's part of baseball. The idea and the goal of it all is to make sure that those guys are where they need to be when the postseason gets started, and that's the goal for Boxberger. I don't look at today as anything more than a a blip. And he just he had a tough day. And at the moment, it didn't really feel like it was going to be as a big deal. But then you see what the Brewers do in the ninth inning. And you never really know. You know, The, the Cubs may have used pitching a little bit different had the game been tighter. You, you, it's always hard to say, well, 
this happened, but they, so that means if this would have happened, you never know. Like everything that happens in a game ends up impacting things in different ways. So you, I always, I'm always uncomfortable when you play that game about trying to say, well, if this would have happened, then it would have gone down a little bit differently. You just, you just don't know. You don't know what a game is going to end up uh, looking like. Thought Eric Lauer pitched well from an offensive standpoint. Brewers were not great with runners in scoring position. They go two for 11. They leave 11 runners on base. Uh, they don't have anybody who comes up with more than one hit in this game. Seven total hits, so the uh, four runs on seven hits. Hits were even, though. Cubs came up with seven hits as well, uh, but the Brewers uh, were not quite able to do as much with their seven hits as uh, the Cubs were able to do. So the Brewers lose. Again, the main, the main theme here is that the magic number stays put at three, cannot clinch the division tomorrow, can potentially clinch the division on Tuesday if the Brewers win the first two games of the series against St. Louis. Cardinals are playing great baseball. Cardinals right now are arguably the hottest team in all of Major League Baseball. They won again today as they knock off the Padres. They have now won eight straight games, and they are three games clear of the Philadelphia Phillies and Cincinnati Reds for that second wild card spot uh, in the National League. And now uh, the Padres are all the way to three and a half games back. So to get into a wild card position, the Padres would now have to jump over the Reds, Phillies, and Cardinals. Sometimes when it gets to a situation like that, it's not so much uh, how many games back you are, it's how many teams you have to jump over. And the Padres play games against uh, contending teams the rest of the way. It really seems like this might be the end of the line for the San Diego Padres. But the Brewers, they uh, come up short. They lose to the Cubs today by a 6-4 score. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. We'll continue on in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Two balls and two strikes here on Duffy. Lauer brings home the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 94. Two in the inning for Eric Lauer for now in the game. Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, live at American Family Field. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin will be here in just a moment. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, we got a text from the 262. says, uh, I'm confused. With the Brewers' loss today combined with the Cardinals' win, didn't the magic number go backwards from 3 to 5? Uh, no, it did not. Magic numbers cannot go backwards. It is impossible for a magic number to go backwards. It can only go down. Um, it does, it's... The, the idea is that every day that goes by, a game gets played. And... The less days that are available, the less games that are available to be played, there's less time for another team to catch uh, a team in front of them. So a magic number can never go up. It can only go down. In the situation today, because the Brewers lost and the Cardinals won, nothing happens to the magic number. It stays put at three. But magic numbers never go up. They can only go down uh, because time keeps moving. And that's the, uh, that you know, when 
when there's one less game available to catch a team, it's less of a chance. So that's why a magic number cannot go in the upwards direction. You would literally have to add games to the end of the season to create a scenario where a magic number uh, could go up. So that's uh, that's a basic. Uh, that's the uh, that's a lot of people. You know, I, we use terms like magic number, and people don't understand it. I, you know. I can remember one, you know, getting ex- explained to me, you know, and it's a, it's not always the easiest concept. So uh, nothing wrong with uh, not understanding exactly how that works. But yeah, that's uh, can't go up; it can only go down. Let's go to Valerie in Milwaukee, who has given us a call. Hey, Valerie, you're on WTMJ. Hi, I, you were making the comment about the what if and that we can't play that. If you were play along those lines, well, what if they hadn't have gotten two double plays? What if when the bases are loaded, they could have scored? Well, what about what if when uh, Yelly was doing the back and forth between first and second, why didn't Colton come in and score? There's so many what ifs. It is what it is. We have one of the best seasons we've had in a long time. Let's not sit and criticize. Let's enjoy where we are and take the ride all the way. All right, Valerie, certainly uh, appreciate it. I thought you were going negative there, and you went positive right there, and then appreciate the phone call. that She mentioned Colton Wong not coming home. That was a weird play. Uh, I don't think Wong would have probably scored, because. but if, if there's one out, then going back to third is probably the safe play because then the inning does continue. And I, I wonder if maybe he thought there was only one out. In a two-out situation where you've got a runner and a pickle, in all likelihood, that runner is not going to end up being safe so if you're Wong, I would think you do try to find a good opportunity to take off for home. Maybe you force a bad throw. Uh, maybe they don't throw it. Maybe they stick with trying to work through the rundown and you score before the out is recorded. Because if you get home before they apply the tag on the rundown, then the run does end up counting and the run ends up scoring. So uh, I was a little bit surprised by the way that was handled in that moment. Uh, I, I don't know what I don't know if he thought there was one out or, or whatever it might have been, but. But that was a um, yeah. That was something that if I in that situation to me it feels like Colton Wong going home probably makes the most sense. Trying to find the right moment to go home, but trying to uh, to go home nonetheless. Doug texting in. No biggie today. This series is coming up. The series coming up is a big one, like a playoff series. Obviously, the Brewers are not eleven games better than St. Louis. These teams are very close. The series could say a lot. Very interesting. Get uh, get this over with and uh, rest a few guys. Yeah, the Cardinals are a good team. Cardinals are a good team. They're the hottest team in baseball right now. They're playing good baseball. I think Doug's right when he says the differential in the division is not indicative of how tight these teams are. Uh, we were ta- I did a um, I did a show yesterday with Jerry Augustine on our sister station, ninety four five ESPN, uh, that was uh, live at Summerfest, and it's available. If you did not catch it yesterday on ninety four five, the uh, podcast of it is available at wtmj.com. And if you go to the Brewers Extra Innings podcast page, or if you're already subscribed to the Brewers Extra Innings podcast feed uh, through uh, like like Apple Podcast, it it came through. It's available. So two hour show that uh, Jerry Augustine and I did yesterday. And we kind of ranked the teams that you want to see the Brewers face off against and that you don't want to see the Brewers face off against in the postseason. And my belief is the best possible path for the Brewers in the postseason, the teams they match up the best, I think in the division series, they match up best with the Braves. I'd rather not see the Phillies. And then when it comes to the championship series, everything being equal, 
I'd rather not see. Uh, I, I'd rather them play the San Francisco Giants. I'd rather them not play the Dodgers, and I'd rather them not play the Cardinals. That that all the, those other teams that just the Cardinals scare me because they're cardinaling right now, and uh, then I don't think the Dodgers are as good of a matchup, and I don't think the Phillies are as good of a matchup. So I would take. You, you don't get to choose who you play, and anytime you start trying to do things from a win loss perspective to control who you might play, that's just. You're just running into trouble at that point. I mean, your job is to go out and win baseball games, and wherever you end up, that's where you end up. But in a perfect world, I would like to see the Brewers uh, play the the Braves and then the Giants, and I think that gives them the best opportunity to possibly get uh, to the World Series. Uh, Mike and Mequon, and this has been a big conversation recently. Mike says, Jackie Bradley Jr. does not deserve to be on the postseason roster. Great fielder, but he can't hit. I He's having a horrible offensive season, but I put him on the postseason roster without a doubt because he can. It is a very. This is the thing that frustrates me about, and I appreciate Mike's text, but these are the things that really frustrate me. If the Brewers would have, at the trade deadline, gone and acquired a guy who was just a good runner, who you wanted to have him in the organization so you could put him on the playoff roster to simply be a pinch runner. Nobody's getting upset about that. Nobody's saying this guy doesn't deserve a playoff spot. Everybody's seeing that and viewing it for what it is, that it's the playoffs and you have a specialty spot on the roster where you're going to focus a guy on base running. And that happens. It happened more before when you had the waiver trade deadline at the end of August, but it does happen where a guy who maybe doesn't play a whole lot of big league baseball during the season will end up on the playoff off roster simply because of their ability to steal bases or play in the field. So yeah, everybody's got this anti-bias towards Jackie Bradley Jr. because of what he's done at the plate this year, and that's understandable. you got to look past that, though, and you got to see the other ways that he can help this team. You want him available to put him in the field in a one-run game late. You got Daniel Vogelback who just comes up with a base hit in the eighth inning and you're down one. You want to pull JBJ off the bench and get him on the bases as a pinch runner. In the postseason, you could have very specific roles for players. I, I don't want to see JBJ starting games. I don't think you want to see him at the plate a lot, but there's certainly a place for him on the roster to be sure. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brewers come up uh, just a little bit short today. They lose to the Cubs by a 6-4 score. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He joins us next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. The pitch. Swinging and a fly ball to left. Christian Yelich at the wall, has a beat on it, and it's gone. Trace Thompson has put the Cubs on top. 6-4, Brewers, they come up short, they lose to the Cubs, still take the series. Uh, their, Their wins against them this year tied for the most wins against a single opponent in a single season. It was a good year against the Cubs. Could have set a new record today. They come up a little short. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, joining us on the program. Craig, this I, I think what I'm about to say is kind of indicative of the way this season is going. When that ninth inning is playing out, it wasn't until the third out was recorded that I felt like the Brewers were going to lose the game. Like All along, it's like, okay, they, they can do this, they can do this. They have won these type of games before. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it exciting to keep watching this team beginning to end. Um, you know, they, they just 
don't give up and they have a they have a really good ability to put really good at bats together and we keep seeing it you know in the eighth and ninth innings of of a lot of games this year and we almost saw what was it a week ago sunday the the pinch hit or two weeks ago i can't remember anymore uh vogelbacks you know everyone's kind of thinking of that sunday because you've seen it before so you know they can do it again and uh, Jace just came up a little bit short there, but fun to see it happen. And I was, uh, we do our show out in the right field corner, and it was uh, the Cubs fans probably came alive for the first time in the last three days. And it was, um, God bless all of you, but it was a little too much for me. So I'm glad you're out of here for the year. Cubs fans <laughs> overbearing? No, uh, you're lying, Craig. They were, they Lies. were getting into it out there. It was, uh, it was somewhat entertaining, but I'm kind of done with it congratulations it's been a good 15 and 4 record for milwaukee this year yeah you you got four (laughs) against the brewers this year congratulations to uh to the cubs you know uh, honestly i can't believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth I feel bad for Cubs fans. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And no, this is why. You don't. This is why, Craig. No, you don't. Stick with me here. God. What the organization did to Cubs fans is horrendous. Like selling off the way they sold off. They print money at Addison and Clark. There is no reason that the Cubs actually had to do this teardown the way they did it. So in a roundabout way, I feel bad for Cubs fans because I don't think the the organization treated them the way they probably should have been treated. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's it's just borderline terrible what we saw happen. I, mean, I don't think there's any borderline about it. I mean, it, it is, uh, well, but it happened, and, yeah. you know, the the league accepts that, and, you know, they're going to find another way to move on somehow, but a lot of it certainly didn't make sense to, you know, 99.9% of uh, everybody else. Yeah, and, and the prospect capital they got back, and, they were, like, it, I don't know. I yeah. don't I don't know if they got better long, they got that much better long-term by what they did. I, I don't think. I don't think so either, and I think it's uh, it's it's obviously they have uh, multiple choices of trying to bring back any of those players because they're all free agents. But uh, it's just an odd way of doing business. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it, it is. So, luckily, we are hosting Brewers extra innings and not Cubs mm, extra innings right. here on WTMJ eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauly on air. I'll tell you, what, every show we do, people want to talk about the playoff roster. That's a. I think this fan base has really advanced to that point. Like yeah. they, they haven't even clinched the division yet. They're going to clinch the division, but everybody wants to talk about the playoff roster. Got a text message from uh, David who uh, t- talked about uh, Daniel Norris. And, and I had said previously that I thought Norris would end up on the playoff roster. I'm not as sure now, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, he has not performed as well recently. We haven't seen him a whole lot, uh, especially if you don't use a Lauer or a Hauser in the in the starting rotation. There's a very good chance that Norris may end up lose, losing his playoff roster spot from that so I'll kind of back off what I said uh, previously but it is I think that's going to be the most interesting aspect of how the roster is put together the decisions to be made on pitching and specifically what starting pitchers you keep on the roster to use out of the bullpen and which bullpen guys essentially lose their jobs because of that yeah and in can somebody like okay? We know that Lauer and Hauser can come out of the bullpen. They've they've done that. They're still in in that mode yet. Uh, can Brett Anderson come out of the bullpen if you use him as a lefty specialist and don't use him as a starter, and and then you bump you know Gustave or Sanchez or Norris because right now they have ten they have ten guys in the bullpen. Um, does that number get reduced a little bit? Do you put an extra position guy? 
or two on your roster and squeeze that down? I'm not 100% sure. There's 15 pitchers right now on this current roster. So um, it, it is it is definitely a topic of conversation. And then the next step is how you use some of these guys. Yeah, and so and I've mentioned this before. So let's let's specifically compare an Adrian Hauser to an Eric Lauer. They're, they're both pitching well right now. Uh, for the season, Hauser's been a little bit better than Lauer. I think very, very recently, Lauer's maybe got a little bit of an edge. Uh, but again, they're, they're both pitching kind of at the same level. So if you've got to choose one of those two guys to be in a starter's role, well, then part of that discussion has to go into, well, what's the role for the other guy? And this is where, it, quite honestly, it kind of hurts Adrian Hauser because Hauser has something that nobody else has on this staff. He's got that amazing sinking yeah, fastball. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be a moment in the postseason where you really need a ground ball. So if you're saying, I got Hauser and I got Lauer, and I can start either one of these guys, but the guy who doesn't start, who's going to help me the most in the bullpen – I would make the argument that Adrian Hauser has a ton of value out of the bullpen because he might be able to go get you that double play ball. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point um, because it's going to come down to something very special, uh, situational, on on how you're going to use him. Chances are uh, they, they may not need him in a long relief role, but that option is still there. We've seen this team use that in the past before as well. And don't forget, I, I'm just throwing this out as a as a total wild card. If it comes down to a Brewers-Dodgers series, I don't know what the numbers are, but I am pretty doggone sure that Eric Lauer is like phenomenal, mm-hmm. unbeaten, and untouchable uh, against the Dodgers, which is strange. And it's, it's, I don't know, four, five, six, seven starts, something like that, going back to his Padres days. Yeah, it is. I mean, and you just don't know if they, they factor that in or not. I think, oh, they do. Yeah. This organization looks yeah. at every, no. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think we even start to even get kind of the surface of what, what they oh, consider. No. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It's it's everything. And and there's a, a formula, and they'll they'll plug it and see how it works. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get back to the phone, back to the text and the tweets after this. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Cubs. More in a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Colton Wong today is full for two. Swing and a drive to right center and deep. In the gap. Lose to the Cubs 6 4, still take two of three in the weekend series and just absolutely dominate the Cubs for the season series. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ 855 616 1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Let's go to Mike in Illinois, giving us a call. Hi, Mike. You're on, uh, you're on WTMJ. Hey, man. Hi. Great. Great show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a good game. I I just wish Jason was more patient with that uh, imploding Cubs bullpen. And- they can either walk off that team, but uh, it wasn't a beat. But uh, I'm worried about Boxberger a little bit. Uh, he kind of blew it yesterday, and today he he didn't do well. So is he hitting the wall? A uh, little worried about that guy. And, of course, I respect your knowledge about the Cardinals. They are cardinally. I agree with that. I, I am worried about them. I hope they beat them two out of three. But I'm not sure because they're missing Adams, Garcia, and Kane. And when do you think they're coming back? And I'll shut up and end my call there. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, Mike. Appreciate it. So first off on Boxberger, 
I think, again, there's no reason to believe that he's hit a wall. He's a veteran. He's been doing this a really Agreed. long time. Agreed. So hitting a wall, I don't think, is a thing. But having a lull can be a thing. Yes. His September ERA is 17.36. That is largely because of two outings. On uh, September 6th, he gave up five runs without recording an out. Today, he gives up three runs without recording an out. Those are eight of the nine runs he's given up in the month. So it's two outings that has elevated the ERA. But he has given up runs in each of his last two starts. We see every, every relief pitcher in the world has a lull. The, the point is to get out of it as quick as possible. Right, and maybe he'll get several days off here in a row just to catch his breath a little bit, let his arm get uh, you know back into gear. And, I mean, we, we've seen it with uh, some other pitchers. Sometimes this organization just avoids using. I mean, it, we've seen it with Williams. We've seen it with Hayter. They can go up to a full week yeah. where, where they just haven't been used. And I get it. If the team's losing, they're probably not pitching. But there's there's ways to give a guy like, like Boxberger an opportunity here. But I agree, number one, with you that, that he's been around too long for – for this all of a sudden to be, you know, something serious. Willie Adamas probably back tomorrow. I would not be shocked to see Tyrone Taylor. I mean, maybe as soon as tomorrow or some point uh, this week coming back up uh, from AAA off his rehab assignment. Uh, they've kind of been quiet on Aviseo Garcia. The thought was that we'd see him this weekend. We didn't. I don't know what that really means. Uh but he was on the trail of coming back. Same thing uh, with Lorenzo Cain. It sounds like it's not overly serious with him, but a lot of nagging injuries uh, sticking around. Let's grab one more phone call. Uh, Paul is in Oshkosh. Hey, Paul, you're on WTMJ. Oh, hey, thanks for taking my call, Matt. And I've uh, been listening a long time. And uh, basically my comments ain't so much on today's game, but you really got to respect the players. They did a great job, both sides of the team or both teams, I should say. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's about the players. And then, and, then, and then it's about the managers, you know. And Craig Council doesn't get enough credit about how he really goes about business. He has impressed the heck out of a ton of us. And, uh, you know, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to get a division title this week. And that's really something for the ages in Milwaukee because that goes doesn't come around real easy. So we're in for some good things. I think we're fishing around, seeing what works, working some pitchers, working, see what works. That box, he's fine. Um, he's just fishing around, seeing what works and not. And so good things coming. I guess that's my call. All right, Paul. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you for being a, a loyal listener I'll tell you what, uh, it's, it's always funny to me. And I, it's a vocal minority that does not like Craig Council. But go read, like, newspaper columns in other cities where the Brewers are playing. He is so widely respected as if not the best manager in all of Major League Baseball, one of the best managers. Uh, sometimes you don't know what you have when it's really close to you. And it, you, you want to evaluate someone. Go look at the opinion of the people who kind of are a little bit further away sometimes. And, and that says a lot for, for the Brewers and, it, and their manager. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, and I know, I, I think the people that com, you know still complain around here, I mean, I think they're complaining for the moment. I don't think... I don't get the impression a lot of people don't like this guy long-term or, or what he's done uh, over a seven-year span here. has just been something that I think you you would hope you could have predicted seven years ago to say this is definitely the right guy for the job in a lot of ways. 
but it's worked out even that much better because remember um, the manager came before the the new general manager and there was a little bit of question okay now what happens when David Stearns arrives and they got along from the get-go they're of the same mindset um, and and I think those are really the most important things really to look at and and the biggest reason where this team is right now. Yeah, if you just watch this team, you would never believe that Craig Council was a Doug Melvin hire. Because exactly. It seems I mean, so perfect. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get the post-game comments of who we just talked about, manager Craig Council. That's up after the news. The news in two minutes on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. The pitch. He struck him out looking. Samson, after about five or six pitches that he had really good rips on, took that one right down the pipe for a strikeout. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Cubs, something they had not done in a really, really long time. They still took care of business against uh, Chicago all season long. They won every single series that they played against Chicago. Five series, and they won all of them this year. Pretty darn impressive. Welcome back into the program. We are live at American Family Field. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago. When you go back to the eighth inning, the Cubs put up a five spot, and that's kind of where uh, they took control of the game. It all started when uh, Wilson Contreras came up as a pinch hitter. He ended up walking against uh, Brad Boxberger, and uh, as Manager Craig Council opened up his post-game thoughts. He uh, just kind of spoke about uh, that inning and also uh, the way that at-bat went down. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great at-bat by Contreras. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that I took anything out of him, but he, you know, they did, he made probably two pitches kind of over the middle of the plate um, after that, and, and they hit him pretty hard. Um, so, you know, credit to, to Contreras. He had a nice at-bat. Craig, Eric's been so steady for you guys of late. It was just kind of more of the same for him today, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think he pitched really well. Um, you know, five really strong innings. Um, and uh, uh, Hunter came in and, and did a nice job in the sixth. You know, he, the pitcher gave him a pretty tough at bat, long at bat. Um, and then, the, you know, as you get tired, maybe the command started to waver a little bit. So, but a, a great job. I mean, he, he um, definitely gave us a shot. Craig, you, Craig, you guys had a lot, really a lot of guys on base throughout the whole game. Double plays were really hurtful in the early few innings, but you guys kept putting pressure on them, didn't you? Yeah, we we didn't, you know, we did we didn't get the next hit today, um, and, and you know that that to me as much was the story of the game, if anything, you know, just early first six innings not getting the extra hit, we, we scored two, but. I thought we had chances for much more and, and we didn't capitalize on any of those opportunities. So it, so when box came in the game, it's, it's a one run game and not much margin for error. Um, you know, I thought that we had a chance to definitely put some space between us in that game. That said, uh, the, the ninth inning played out pretty interestingly for you guys. I mean, you're, you had a good guy up at the plate and really one hit away from another yeah. Yeah, we we did a nice job in the ninth inning. We made uh, Wick throw strikes. He was struggling with his command a little bit, and we forced him in the zone. A um, couple guys got base hits on on some tough pitches, kind of up in the zone. And you know that's what you're down four runs going in the ninth, and you got the tying run at second base and the winning run on base. You feel pretty good about your inning. We just um, you know Jace Jace hit a ball pretty good actually. Just 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 got under it a little bit. 
Craig, uh, no need to scoreboard watch now the next four days, right? Cardinals coming in, they're the team you got the magic number against. Uh, I'm sure you guys are looking forward to this challenge. You talk about how good you guys have been on challenges. One more now, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You know, we got to beat this team twice um, uh, to, to, to do it, and that, that's that's the mission in front of us. It's the next challenge. We talk about the next next series is the next challenge, and it, it's right in front of us. Um, they're they're playing great baseball, um, and, and so we'll have to tackle that. But um, enjoy that it's we got we get to do it against we get to try to do it against the Cardinals. Like understanding that your focus is on your team, uh, just from what you know of them, what you know what made them so good here since the last time you saw them. It just seems like they're built for September. I mean, I, I, my guess, they're getting big hits. They're, they're pitching well. They're getting good starting pitching. Their bullpen's doing a nice job. I mean, it's, it's a – I mean, we know the team well. Um, I don't think they've pulled a rabbit out of their hat or anything. They're just playing good baseball. They are. It's going to be fun the next few days. Like. Uh, this is not to pat myself on the back, but oh, you saw this coming. You saw this coming with the Cardinals. They are a good team. They they have two of the best hitters in baseball right in the middle of their lineup. They got other guys who are stepping. You know, all of a sudden they're getting hits from Dylan Carlson and Harrison Bader and, and Tyler O'Neill. Those guys are all coming up big in addition to what Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are doing. They're a good team. Um, there were times that I wavered. But I always thought they had a run left in them. I always thought they were the second best team in the division. I never bought in on the Reds. Never bought in on the Cubs when they were contending early on. I actually probably had more respect for the Cubs than I did the Reds based off some of those players who are on the team who aren't there anymore. And we all know who the Pirates are. But the Cardinals are a good team. They have good players on their team. And for whatever reason, they did not play up to their talent for much of the season. But as that, we, we all know, as that organization tends to do, they turn it on when they need to. And it's, man, it's wild when you look at the National League wildcard standings to see what St. Louis has been able to do in such a short amount of time. They are three games clear of the Phillies and Reds and three and a half games clear of the Padres. At one point, if you go to ESPN.com and go to their standings page, they have playoff odds. And there was a point where the Cardinals' playoff odds were at, I think it was 2.8%. 2.8%. Where are they at right now? They have a 73.1% chance of making the postseason. If the Cardinals are not going to make the postseason, I can promise you right now it's because the Brewers go have a ton of success against them. Seven games left between the Brewers and the Cardinals. If the Brewers, say, win five of those... That opens up the door, opens up the door in a very, very big way for the Reds, for the Phillies, for one of those other teams to, to walk through. We'll see if it happens. Um, Phillies are game and a half back in the uh, NL East. They still have to play tonight so they can get back within a, a game. So it could be the Phillies or the Braves who are in that wild card race, depending on what happens in the National League East. Uh, one more thing before we take a break, and we'll come back with the highlights in a moment. We haven't spent as much time on this show as we probably should have talking about Eric Lauer. Five and a third innings, a run on a hit, six strikeouts, three walks. He's just been so good and so consistent. And yeah, this is this is why you don't judge trades 
immediately after they happen? How many? Uh, you can raise your hand. I'm not going to judge you. How many people out there when Luis Urias wasn't really doing much for this club, when Eric Lauer wasn't really doing much for this club, and you saw Trent Grisham doing great things, um, and, and Zach Davies had you know moments last year with the, with the Padres and even okay start this year with the Cubs, you're thinking that that was a trade that if the Brewers had it to do all over again, they, they might not do. And it's becoming very clear. At, at the very least, it's a push. And right now, I would argue that the Brewers are getting more production out of Urias and Lauer than you're, than they're getting, you know, than, than Grisham is giving combined with what they, and, and Grisham has been really good. This is not a, a shot at him. He's been, he has been really good, and it's been good to see him do that. But he also, man, he was, he was a, uh, a change of scenery candidate after what happened in that playoff game against the Nationals. Uh, I've had some people kind of tell me, unofficially that he was having a really, really hard time bouncing back from that. I don't know that for sure, but I, I've, I've had some people who would be in the know tell me that he was having a really hard time handling things with the way things went down in that playoff game, the wild card game against the Nationals a couple of years ago. It was, a, it, was, it was probably good for both sides for him to get a little bit of a fresh start. And I think that trade looks good now. When you see what Urias and Lauer are doing, that trade absolutely looks good for the Brewers. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at Text line, tweet at me at Matt Pauly on air. When we come back, we will uh, hear the highlights from this one. Brewers come up short. They lose it to the Cubs. 6-4 the final. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauly. 6-4 Brewers. They fall short against the Cubs. Brewers Extra Innings continues. Let's go back to the game with the highlights. Pitching matchup today. Eric Lauer going for the Brewers. Keegan Thompson getting the start for the Cubs. For the uh, for the Cubs, they would have some struggles against Eric Lauer, especially in the early going. He was rolling as he goes into the uh, third inning, strikes out Rafael Ortega, gives up a walk to Austin Romine, uh, but eventually would uh, get it to uh, Matt Duffy with two outs. Two balls and two strikes here on Duffy. Lauer brings home the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 94. Two in the inning for Eric Lauer for now in the game. Keegan Thompson, after throwing a couple innings, would be replaced by Adrian Sampson. He would throw up a zero in the uh, bottom of the third inning. Then in the fourth, Lauer just keeps doing his thing, retires the first two batters he faces, and then matches up against Patrick Wisdom. Lauer brings home the one-two pitch, and it is a called third strike. Fastball at 93 on the inside edge, and Lauer records his fifth strikeout of the afternoon. He did not give up a hit through the first four innings. However, that would change in the fifth. Nico Horner leads the fifth inning off uh, by grounding out, and that brings up Trace Thompson. The pitch, swinging, and a fly ball to left. Christian Yelich at the wall, has a beat on it, and it's gone. Trace Thompson has put the Cubs on top. one nothing, but not for long in the bottom of the fifth inning. The Brewers answer. Jackie Bradley Jr. leads the inning off by drawing a walk. After Eric Lauer can't get a bunt down, it brings up Colton Wong. Colton Wong today is 0 for 2. Swing and a drive to right center and deep. In the gap. Off the wall, 
high around third. And heading home, Jackie Bradley Jr., and he's in. Yeah, he got from first to home very, very quickly. Wong checks in at second for Eduardo Escobar. And the pitch. Swinging a liner to right. It's going to get in there for an extra base hit. Colton Wong's going to score easily on a scorching double by Escobar. Nobody was going to catch it. So the Brewers take a 2-1 lead into the sixth inning. Eric Lauer back out. First battery faces his counterpart in Adrian Sampson. The pitch. He struck him out looking. Sampson after about five or six pitches that he had really good rips on. Took that one right down the pipe for a strikeout. That would end up being the final out that Lauer records because he issues a walk to Matt Duffy and that ends the day for Lauer. Hunter Strickland then comes in. First batter he faces is Frank Schwindel. He gets a base hit. So runners on at the corners and just one out in the inning. Strickland with some work to do. He strikes out David Bodie. That's the second out. That's the big one. After Frank Schwindel steals second, he faces off against Patrick Wisdom. Narvaez, new sign. See where Omar sets up here. Down and away. Hey, struck him out. Down and away. Gets out of it, and it remains a 2-1 game in favor of the Brewers. Jake Cousin pitches a, Cousins, excuse me, pitches a scoreless uh, top of the seventh inning, top of the eighth. Brewers holding a 2-1 lead, and Brad Boxberger comes into the contest. First battery faces Wilson Contreras, long at bat, and Contreras is eventually able to work a walk. So one on, nobody out for Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy, a smash fair down the left field line. This is going to tie the game, I believe. Contreras is going to be sent. Here's the throw, and we are tied, and there's nobody out. Yeah, next hitter, Frank Schwindel. Boxberger deals, a swing and a drive to the gap in left center. Yelich is going to watch this one hit the wall. Cubs are going to have the lead now at 3-2 on a double by Schwindel. That would end the day for Brad Boxberger. He does not record a single out as Jando Gustave comes in. First batter he faces, David Bodie. He walks, it brings up Patrick Wisdom. Wisdom with 26 home runs. Driven in 54, Gustave the kick and the pitch. Swinging a drive to Sutter. And this one is going to get out of here. Way, way out of here. Three run home run by Patrick Wisdom against Yandel Gustave. Five run inning for the Cubs and they take a 6-2 lead. We jump ahead to the ninth inning, it remains 6-2, and the Brewers coming up to the plate in the bottom of the frame. New pitcher is Rowan Wick. First battery faces Jackie Bradley Jr. He strikes out, then Pablo Reyes draws a walk, but Colton Wong, uh, he grounds into a fielder's choice where Reyes is out second. So pretty quickly, two outs. Wong is the runner on at first. Wong would go to second on a throwing air by Matt Duffy. Eventually goes to third on a defensive indifference with Eduardo Escobar at the plate. Escobar walks. He then goes to second on defensive indifference. So runners on at second and third for Christian Yelich. And the pitch. Yelich, bouncer, third base in the left field. Two runs are going to score. There was nobody anywhere close to that one. Brings up Omar Nervaez. One ball and one strike on Omar. The pitch. Swinging a drive to the gap in left center. It's going to be a base hit. Two are on now. 
A wild pitch by Rowan Wick puts runners on at second and third. Brewers down by two runs, 6-4. So the potential tying run is on in scoring position. Luis Urias at the plate. He walks. Bases are loaded. Winning run is on at first. That ends the day for Wick. Michael Rucker comes on to pitch. He faces off against Jace Peterson. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Center not deep enough. And this one is over. He got under it. And the Cubs take the finale. Final 6-4 Chicago. With the win, the Cubs go to 67-83. Brewers drop to 91-58. Winning totals for the Cubs. Six runs, seven hits, three airs. They end up leaving seven for the Brewers. Four runs, seven hits, no airs. They leave 11. Winning pitcher Morgan, he's 1-0. The loss, it goes to Boxberger. He's 5-4. Rucker, the first save of his year. Home runs in the game. Uh, Thompson hitting his first. Wisdom is 27th for the Cubs. The Brewers do not hit a home run. The game lasting three hours and 46 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 34,213 folks here at American Family Field. And now the Brewers welcome in the Cardinals. The Brewers two wins away against St. Louis from taking the division. We'll preview that series coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Doesn't get much better than what we're going to see over the next four days here at American Family Field when it comes to regular season baseball. The Brewers, they need two wins against the St. Louis Cardinals to get the division, to win the division, as the the magic number is currently sitting at three. So all they got to do is beat the Cardinals uh, twice over the next four days, and they are going to um, they're going to take the division. All the while, the Cardinals come in on an eight-game winning streak with a three-game lead for the second wild-card spot in the National League. Tomorrow, series gets started. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the crew. The right-hander is 9-4 and four with a 2.69 ERA. It is going to be Jake Woodford who gets the start for St. Louis, 2-3, and three, a 4.30 ERA. Four games set, night games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, day game on Thursday, 641st pitch tomorrow. Coverage starts at 605. I'll talk to you after for Brewers X Journeys here on WTMJ.